I don't, did you, I don't know, like, there, she's out there. You're the Florida version of Sex in the City, JV. That's what I was smoking my cigar. <laughs> don't be an asshole today. Says America, nice. <laughs> not, bad. not bad. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Thanks. How is how are you and how is Bruce doing? Big boy, he's having a snooze on that chair right now. Oh, poor Hello. thing. Hi, buddy. Oh, he's like, oh, I was on the lights on. <laughs> <laughs> how oh, I feel when I don't feel well. Oh, I feel so <laughs> bad for him. Like, honestly, you, I, when he got home yesterday and they had shaved like the area around where he's been over grooming and you could see like how big it was. Oh. Like, you're thinking it's like a spot and you're like, oh, he's licked it. Now it's like, it's to the point of bleeding and they shaved it all the way. The whole thing was like that. It was so raw. So, um, yeah, we have to put like steroid cream on it. And of course, he's going to be like, eh, you, you know, uh -huh, right, oh, right. Man. And then, you know, one of those dumb collars. So, yeah, he uh. um, he was not happy with us at all. <laughs> I we had a little poodle that used to happen to when we lived in New York, and we didn't bring him down to Florida because we thought with the heat, it happened to him in the summer. Oh, so I was about it in the summer, and it seems like you know the this like I my theory is that because the house is all closed up and the heat's on and everything that because he has like a dust allergy, you know mm -hmm. he's overwhelmed with it. You know, like it's Aww. we don't you know feel it, we don't get that. You know, but for right. him, I think he might just be a little bit sensitive having everything closed up so today he was sitting in front of the patio door and I opened it a crack and like, uh -huh. like cold air came in and he was like <laughs> I love that when you tell when you texted that to me I yeah, can just, just that oh, so, so you know just sniffing um but I don't know maybe the cream is working like he doesn't seem as um irritated with it you know yeah like, yeah licking it so obsessively like maniacally that you couldn't get him to stop like even if you clapped your hands or you know like pushed his head away from where he was licking he would go right back to it and he's been like pulling pieces so i'm like oh, oh man i hope he so doesn't probably... my anxiety to <laughs> 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 get that from me <laughs> so it's probably itchy right it's sounding to me like it's an itchy kind of a situation you would think like that's that seems to be what it is because I think when that spot gets so sore that he can't lick it anymore he's going for other places you know mm -hmm. oh in a car or something Poor like that and I'm like, oh my god <laughs> you know what? The, the collar thing is not as bad as like those big plastic lampshade looking things. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> it's bad, but it's like soft. It's like, yeah. it's like 
so it doesn't and it's not as as um like doesn't come out as far so it's like kind mm -hmm. of a little bit short yeah i noticed that yeah. yeah and he um not only does he not lick he doesn't move when he's in it he's just like <laughs> you know he just sits there not sure what he can <laughs> can't do so he's not going to do anything and he only has to have it on for like a half an hour 45 minutes after the the cream is on so it's oh, oh that's and he won't lick the cream and then i yeah, can yeah. so he doesn't have to have it on all the time which is good mm -hmm. but twice a day so yeah. i think um you know the the first couple of days will be hard and then the rest will be okay but the funny thing is, is when Gemma was explaining, you know, what the vet had said about that, like the first couple of days, it made me think immediately of when I first got diagnosed with diabetes and oh. like for almost like, I don't even know, I want to say like almost six months, you know, four, five, six months or whatever. I kept going to the doctor because I had a super like sore throat. And they would put me on antibiotics and nothing would happen. So they would give me another course of antibiotics and it wasn't going away. And now I have a yeast infection on top of that because I've been oh, on God. antibiotics. Right, so right, right. Like mind numbing until he finally kind of took all the components of the things that I was complaining about. You know, I was like, yeah. I'm itchy. You know, like I'm itchy. My skin is so dry. I feel like I can't drink enough or whatever. Boom, boom, boom. Put all the pieces together. And he's like, I'm going to test you for diabetes. So oh. did. this is like when I was 30. So oh, wow. yeah, like uh, later, you know, like really. So, um, so he puts me on metformin because like back then that was pretty much the thing. But right. Right. Drop on a really high dose of it. And he's yeah. like, oh, you might have a little bit of stomach trouble, like a little bit. Well, you know, right. You I hear that. Yeah. Jay, when I tell you, I almost shit my Jeep on the way home from work oh. one day. Like, oh my it was God. Bad. <laughs> like a bad key in the door. Like, oh, oh, oh like really, really bad. So I had a couple like really bad days like that. And I'm like, oh, oh man, that's, that's what he's going to be going through. <laughs> He's, I feel, oh, I feel God. For him. and like, you'll I be feel. going through it because hopefully he'll make the litter box and everything yeah. right yeah um but um yeah it's like um yeah it's been a lot like I feel like oh my god like if if it's not my mom that I'm constantly worried about it's him yeah. <laughs> like I go upstairs like three times a day to check on him if he's not down here uh -huh. because I'm a nervous <sighs> I'm gonna catch him licking and there's nothing I can do about it anyways you know but um you know they they use that metformin now for weight loss that they give to people if that are not diabetic. And you know, I don't know how I feel about this. I just tweeted this. Just yeah. Tweeted this yeah. This evening. Because now, now there's also some other thing like oh yes. or something like that. Well, see, and a lot of celebrities are, are doing it. And I don't know how I feel mm -hmm. about this. Like, you know, taking it yeah. loss is taking it away from somebody with like type two diabetes who may need it. Yes, you're gonna I be agree. Okay with if you're going to be, if you're going to have, you know, be that vein that you exactly take away, take away a medication for someone that has a disease <laughs> with no cure, right? You know, I agree. You need to rethink your values, <laughs> right? And not to mention, like, I don't think it's. I think the jury's still out as to what that actually does to you. My sister actually tried the Ozempic. And it made her sick to her stomach and she didn't stay on it because it was, it wasn't working. You know, maybe that's why you lose weight because you're not hungry and you're sick to your stomach. So that's not good either. So I don't I, um, with that. 
when I when I moved over here, I was like 41, 42. I don't even know, but I had been diabetic for like 12 years. And um, yeah, I was at that point where I couldn't afford my medication. It was so expensive. And I would always towards the end of the month run out because wow. it would only give you a 28 day supply. So those few days where there's 30 and 31, oh yeah, you know, yeah. I would always run out and you could not, you know, renew with any kind of advance, you know, you know, I'm going to need this next week. So can I do this? Nope. You got to call next right. week. You really need it. You know, that kind of thing. Wow. So I kept getting screwed up. So I was, my diabetes was completely uncontrolled uncontrolled i was i was ordering meds from like mumbai or canada no. you know, to like have to to um get me through because i wasn't you know getting them on time why don't they do a 30-day supply or 31 no days i have no idea so when i moved over here i had to keep doing that for i want to say almost a year and then i was eligible to have a gp um, here in the neighborhood because I needed to have my marriage visa. I needed to, you know, uh, show papers that I was going to be like, uh, like um, indefinitely to remain, which is the kind of stay I have to be, uh, to be able to live. Mm -hmm. here. I had mm -hmm. to have all that stuff before I could be accepted at a practice. So I finally oh. get it. And now it's like, I get everything for free. Oh. I can call it in 10 days in advance. I can have it delivered to my home and I have a dedicated diabetes nurse. So yeah, I yeah. don't really have to go see a GP, which means my wait time, you know, I make an appointment to see my nurse. There's never, she's never unavailable. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, never yeah. so cool that you have to wait. But if I was trying to get in to see a regular doctor for something, but most of my things are always related to that. So I always right. make my appointments right. with her you know, and, you know, we've changed, we've tried different things. And um, I think it's been about five or six years now that I've been on Victoza. And that was also, oh, you'll lose a lot of weight on this. Or yeah. No, yeah. no. Didn't you have stomach way. cramps, you shit yourself <laughs> a little bit in the beginning. You know, you put your power through. <laughs> That's how you lose and, the weight. Um, and there's not, yeah. It's so like maybe like three or four pounds, but it was like no miraculous, like, oh, oh my God. God. No. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, obviously it's uh, it's always going to take work. There's just no magic. Yeah. There's no way thing. around it. No, no way. No. <laughs> and, the, and when you, thing. I think when you do the, uh, the quick fix, it comes back as quick as it comes off. So, oh, you yeah. know, it's you like yo-yo things, Adkins and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. And I mean, how many people I know have had that gastric um, surgery, the bite, you know, whatever, the V, the sleep. And they gained it. That, and they were right back where they started. Like three, right, three and sometimes more. worse, sometimes yeah. more. Yeah. I, um, yeah. I the ones think that are successful, you know, God love, I have one friend that it's it so successful and she's so mm -hmm. healthy and she yeah, looks so yeah. fantastic. Um, yeah. And yet her sister- did it and you know like you said twice as bad twice as bad yep. yeah yeah isn't that something i i have a friend who's very same thing very successful she kept the weight off and then and then i knew i know a couple of other people that had it and they got back the weight plus 
yeah. plus more. And they did the arm surgery to get rid of the extra skin. I mean, yeah. what they didn't go through right. and then to gain it back. Like you would think, oh, I'm never going to gain it back. But yeah. I was going to say the one surefire thing that I know works for everyone that's an easy 30, 40 pounds is breaking up with someone like the heartbreak 40, right? <laughs> nah, man, I, I eat my feelings, whether they're good or bad, you know? <laughs> no. I, I had the heartbreak 40. Uh, but then when you meet somebody new, then you're in that honeymoon stage and you and then you start eating together and cooking because together. Yeah, honesty. I wish we had Dr. Span on right now. What the fuck else is there to do but to go out to dinner or go to lunch <laughs> right. or go That's to breakfast? You or, you're going to do anything. I mean, it right? usually centers uh -huh. around eating unless you're going to a show or you got tickets for a concert or something like that, which is so rare because nobody can afford that kind of shit right now. But it, it, you know, of course you're going to, you know, put, <laughs> put the weight on. Or um, unless you meet the person that's, that's the hiker and you're a hiker and, or the and avid never, runner. It would never happen. The avid I runner, the avid, you know, exercise. I, really, I was watching the L word and I'm like, no fucking way. <laughs> yeah, in the hike and runyon Canyon in 90 degree heat. Not, never. <laughs> right? Oh my God. So, okay, so speaking of the L word, have you seen it all? Did you see yeah, all the, yes. the whole yeah. thing? Yeah. And uh, so what What were your thoughts on the, I was going to ask you. On I feel like it was finale. just a, a really dismal, disappointing season. And, uh, and I will tell you that I was excited for it. You know, like the hype that was around it, mm -hmm. you know, like mm -hmm. the Instagram pages with all the notes and wedding question mark and you know, breakup and you know so it was, right? it was just like oh well, look at all this stuff that's going to be it's going to be an amazing season and there was so much talk about the diversity in the writer's room and all this yeah stuff. and um I was just I don't know I, I just felt like someone stuck a little pin in and the air just slowly leaked out and there was nothing <laughs> nothing exciting I at all I mean the I only, agree the only positive was Rosie O'Donnell. That's right. It. Yes. She, I really like, I loved her. I love her character, Carrie. Yeah. But I, and I like the way I think her, and maybe because I related to her with the, with the no shoe household and the, you know, she's kind of the neat freak, but, and then she's kind of like she's what very real. Structured. Like, you know, like it seemed like yes. she was a structured character. And I think that more, people can relate to somebody like that than living out of a fucking overnight bag like Shane would you know like completely like anymore it's you true know? and she's like she was she was also more like a real person like she had concerns about her body image and she's like oh I don't just have sex with someone until I feel Dating. something for them yeah. Yeah, I didn't dating. even know there was a name for it, you know, like, but what? Like a, yeah, there was a name for that, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I but I mean, like, that's just it. Like, I really felt like, you know, that her character, you know, having the extra weight, having the gray hair, but being smart and, mm -hmm. you know, right. being financially savvy and having this nice home and, you know, mm -hmm. having motherly instincts and, and, you know, wanting to take care of everyone and everything and being nervous in a relationship and not, you know, exactly. A little gun shy exactly. after being dumped by Tina. Like, yeah, like, yes, I, 
I just felt like those were all the things that we can relate to, but I get that we're not the only ones watching it. Like I understand, right. you know, right, 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 20 and 30 somethings and, you know, the political right. True. diversity and all that kind of stuff is a huge part of our alphabetic community. So, um, I, so I understand that you have to uh, give them things too, if you want them to continue to watch, but you know, right, right. I don't, I don't know that it works for me. Like, I, I don't it, know. And I, I was reading comments on one of the socials. I don't know if it was Twitter or maybe Facebook. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, but so many people had so much to say about the wedding. Like we've been waiting 20 years for this wedding and we didn't even get to see them. You know, the it whole was, episode should yes. have been centered on them and it exactly. should have been the wedding. Yeah. And, and I was like, I don't know if that would be my biggest complaint about it. You know, I think, you know, like for me, like, I think there were too many storylines that yeah. didn't get played out enough. I feel like, like Angelica's storyline could have just been cut. Could have just been cut. And then you want, maybe wanted to see a little more of what was happening with Micah and, um, oh, yeah. what's her name? Uh, the the sister, what's her name? I can't think of her name. Yeah, I can't. Uh, uh, but I know, yeah. More of that you. story, and then and then like the whole thing of them getting locked in the freezer was kind of stupid. Like you know, no one does that. Well, I don't yeah. know. Like there's two smart women, two yeah. successful smart <laughs> yeah. women, yes. and then being such a pain in the ass at the end. Uh, Tina, like you know, like I was thinking, why is she even back with her? She looks 20 times better than she does anyway after 20 years, you know, it's like, I, I know. I mean, like, I was totally fine with them having their happy ending. I just think that's what should have been that whole yes, finale. I guess that's thing. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah. Like I didn't, and to have, to, to have Tess slip up, you know, I know. And, and have, and, and do that, like, was just, it's, it's, it's a tired, played out storyline. Yeah, know? it is. It's true. Because nowadays people are so sober. So sober. Yeah, They're opening sober true. bars. You right, know? right. Remember when we had that spirit company on that was like, that has yeah. taken off like crazy. They yeah. have sober parties, sober living communities, yeah. sober bars. And people are doing so well with it, you know, like they got yep. their, their tracker on their phone, their app, you know, telling them yep. about days yep. and, yep. and uh, I, you know, people are supportive of that. And I, I just feel like that was bad. Like that was, just, it, it wasn't, it was. it represented what's going on today. It did. And, and I think back to the Bet and Tina thing, I think. I would have liked personally to have seen since people waited all these years for this to happen. Yeah. More of what it was like when they got back together. Like they they get back together and then they go off and you don't see them for like most of the episodes. And then they come back and they're getting married and then their kid is in a crisis, but they just go off and still decide to propose to each other and get married and then get locked in a freezer like I think I would have liked more well what's their life like now like now it's 20 years later are they yeah. living together in harmony or did they pick up where they left off Is, I, you yeah. know are they, a lot of unanswered you know like that whole thing would have been nice to see I do think so, like that these new writers know 
that they are only going to have so much of the OGs. You're know? right. You're right. So and they've got to, like you said, there's so many different storylines and there's, you know, there's so much diversity and everybody has their, their thing, their problems. This one's trying to have a kid. This one's trans. This one's right, right. All that kind of stuff is, it's big and huge. And, and you can't, I don't think you can satisfy one, you know, the, the original L word fan. Right. I'm not going to satisfy right. all of that. Right. Just having these the moments with the OG people and <laughs> not showing a whole lot of change yeah. in anybody. Like, I don't, I don't understand how Shane can still be the way she is. Right. It's like, right. Maybe she, I, I just kept saying like, go to sex therapy. Like say I'm a sex addict. Like I can't live right. without cheating. I gotta have it when I want it. I need it on speed dial, whatever. Right. Nobody right. has right. anymore. You're not a gay man. Like it's not true. Not. That's so true. That's yeah. so true. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, you know, I said like, I remember when I was just telling you about my, my, um, my cousin Greg is doing a podcast with George Janko, who's a big YouTube uh -huh. uh, celebrity he was doing a show with logan paul and now he's not so his podcast was <laughs> why george jenko isn't on impulsive anymore but my, <laughs> cousin, my cousin greg is his co-host and i would love for them once they get past the bro talk you know yeah right yeah. now it's the early stages of bro talk because everybody's nervous <laughs> and all that but still getting a million and a half views but right, wow well, um, wow. I would love to talk to them because they're, you know, LA boys. And I would like to say to them, we have a gripe with LA lesbians. Because <laughs> I just feel like they're the only people that can relate to LA lesbians are LA lesbians <laughs> and the people who want to right. be them, you know, but there's a whole vast group of, of lesbians <laughs> or queer women that are not like that at all and we yeah right you know most like, women most i feel like, like i want to say to them like when you're out and about and you happen to meet somebody and they're introduced or whatever and you pick up and like you know maybe they're a lesbian and somebody confirms yeah yeah they're queer or whatever <laughs> do they look like these l word people <laughs> Are these right. mythical creatures? I feel like they're <laughs> mythical creatures. They're not I, evil. No one's ever going to look like that. You're absolutely right. You were so. So yeah, I would like to have that so chat with, with those boys. I, you know, I feel like they're. I'd love you know, to hear that chat. Tours of the LA lifestyle, like just the stories they were talking about in mm -hmm. that first podcast. I'm like, yeah, these, <laughs> yeah, like I need to, I need to have this conversation with them. I need for them mm -hmm. to take it seriously. And then I need to have this conversation with them. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I agree. Really I that. totally agree. <laughs> I, in fact, I didn't even know there was the difference until we started doing the show and you brought that up to me. And I'm like, you absolutely are. It's absolutely true. And where are these women? And do they really exist? <laughs> the mythical They're all creatures. at the diner. <laughs> They're, all, They're all at the diner. They're all at the diner once a year. They all get together and they do their best. <laughs> Shane and Bet at the at the diner and you know and it's a club that you never celebrated you know <laughs> right they just right. dance around the pool like this <laughs> in bikinis and trucker hats <laughs> and aviators board shorts 
<laughs> right, yeah, right. The whole thing. It's a whole thing. So, so In fact, I just, I, I, uh, I had Linda Anderson did a cartoon. Donna and I always had an idea of how it would go if we ever went to the diner. <laughs> so having gone out there once and yeah, people, yeah. feeling extremely out of place for four <laughs> days, like it was like everybody was like, oh, where are those big girls from? What are they doing at this standard hotel? Oh my God. <laughs> And, uh, and, you know, Donna's oblivious and she talks to everyone and I'm like, oh, right. oh God. Right. But we had this, um, we had this vision that we would be so hyped, you know, and we would be on our way to the airport and we'd get on that plane and we'd be like sunglasses, pens, <laughs> like the lesbian lounges in the house. And then we would get there and go, let's go to the pool party. And we would get to the gates and look and be like, oh, <laughs> Oh, these are not our people. And then the uh, next shot would be us flying home. Like that was really bad. <laughs> so bad. Split so, screen. Yeah. You at the party flying yeah. home. Yeah. I mean, just those 40 days that we were in LA, it was like, I have never, we went to the Abbey. It's like, how can you feel out of place at a guy at a gay bar? You know? Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm, you feel mm -hmm. okay. No. 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 In two seconds, we spotted Jackie Warner from Bravo TV. Really? Oh. Having a, a like a complete coked out argument, messed up oh. with a girlfriend. Like, and we were like, oh man, this is <laughs> this is so bad. Like, oh. I wonder what God. happened to her. What does she do in these days? I remember her. <laughs> I don't know. I remember having her uh, when she was with Bri Brianna. She was with this other little fitness instructor and Brianna called into the show. And Don and I were like in the middle of eating meatballs from Aunt Joanne, <laughs> topping it off with M&Ms and Brianna was trying to talk to people <laughs> a healthy lifestyle. We just fucking hung up on her. <laughs> oh my God. Like, Sorry, we're eating the meatballs from Aunt Joanne. Oh my she God. She said, oh my God, if you cut out carbs and you stop with the sugar and then you just exercise because cardio is we're like, click. <laughs> Hard pass. Nope. Okay, not that's happening. gotta be one of the cartoons. That's it is. Be, it is. Is it? Yep. Oh, I missed that's that another one. one. That's <laughs> another one. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I feel like, like I said, mythical unicorns and, uh, no one can really relate to them except each other. Yeah, yeah, I you know, agree. Like, I think in every in every um, commute, lesbian community, no matter where you go, you're always going to find those people that want so badly to be like them. Right, you know, right. They're going to wear sure. the ties, and they're going to have their <laughs> hair cut like Shane, and they're going to smear that black eyeliner underneath their eyes. And, <laughs> you know, they're going to like really embrace that look, you know, and, mm -hmm. uh, and that, um, that lifestyle. And, uh, and it's very clicky. It's, there's yeah. a few people, I know of a few groups of people like that here, believe it or not. Yeah. Here. Oh it's, no, it's, I know. <laughs> even though we're on the West coast, we're on the East coast and it's South Florida. There are people that the, the people that want to be like that and they're very clicky and I never feel comfortable around them, you know, yep, even though you would think I should feel, why should I feel different, because, differently? Because, you know, we're all in the same group, the same community. You still feel like you're not, I still feel, still feel like I'm not part of the cool kids or something, yeah. you know, like that yeah, part of the it's a group. Dumb, it's a dumb and, 
thing that we let bother us, but that's what yeah. I feel like that's what that culture did. That's what that West Coast culture did because they got the spotlight. They yeah. got the show. Right. You know? But if you were to take, you know, that same concept and do it about New Yorkers from right you know it would be completely different <laughs> exactly you know? right exactly that's why I think like it restored my faith a little bit like when we would do these festivals and you and you know because you do them too and um and then Lori Michaels would show up with the girls right yeah maybe yeah, doing their yeah. dance and singing their party songs and wearing their skimpy outfits <laughs> but you know what when they got done they came right to you you know, right, right like we've always yeah. had such a good time and a good connection and we've helped each other's out we've had each other's backs we've you know we've done events together that were good we've done events together that were bad you know iterate <laughs> on those things and and uh we've kept in touch all these years later you know and we still um you know like I feel like I could still message her and say you know I need I need your help and she would be like I'm there what do you need what do you want you know yeah yeah. And so, you know, you take somebody that is that talented and that good looking and you right, go, right. Can't they all just be like that. Right. You know? <laughs> yes. Yes. So I do. See, like, but, it's West Coast. It's West Coast. But I, I would have so thought like, cause you, you girls, when you were doing the lesbian lounge, I, I, I don't think it's just that I thought it, you guys were like really like doing cool stuff you were like it like you were like popular and like the host the girls that hosted things I would think you would have you could have broken through that ceiling and gone to the diner and been the lesbian lounge girls are in the house like, we'll never know I, will we <laughs> <laughs> we'll never know I because I, I remember when Mariah Hansen was <laughs> um I think you know her mentality felt like I'm not going to say is but her mentality mm -hmm. to me always felt like, what can I get from this connection, right? So she, oh. she heard us for as long as she could. And then when mm -hmm. we were gaining popularity and we reached out and said, hey, can we get your headliners on our podcast? Here's our numbers. She right. Was, yeah, you know, and whoever right. was headlining would have to call in the show and be a guest. And we yeah. would promote it and promote it and promote it. So finally, you know, we said, well, why, you know, like I finally said, instead of emails, you know, can we just have a conversation about what we can bring to the party? You know, like here's, you know, we can talk about like what we've done in Key West at Women Fest and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. and she was like, yeah, yeah, sure. So then I was really hyped to have this conversation, you know? So I had this conversation with her and um, she's like, you know, and I'm, I'm telling her like, oh, we could, we come up with the craziest pool games. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> oily beach balls between the knees, <laughs> muffins out of your partner's crotch and backward <laughs> chicken fights. And, you know, and she's like, loving it, loving it. This is great. Loving it, loving it. Loving it. <laughs> so I was like, so what can you do for us? You know, like we've got, yeah. we've got a really small budget and we always end up spending it on merchandise. Like t-shirts and and um you know koozies and stuff like that so we don't have yeah. a lot of travel money or whatever she was like well I don't have any hotels in the area available that <laughs> I, picked up. I can't pay for airfare I could probably set you up like a little table by the pool for you to do your sticky thing 
or whatever, <laughs> but we have hosts and we have DJs. And mm -hmm. I got the phone with, I said, no, we'll pass. Thanks. You know, cause it all felt yeah. like thought it felt bad, wrong. I got off the phone with her and I cried for like a half an hour in my car. Oh, and then I like, I called Donna and I said, you know what, from this point on, we're just going to shit all over the diner. That's it. We're going to make so it. We're going to shit. We're going to call them out on their yeah. bullshit and their drug use yeah. and their, you know, yeah, well, their parties and their, their bullshit. And, you know, and we did. Like, we just did. That's all we did from that. I on. love it. <laughs> I love it. But you know what? If you were feeling that, you probably were right. That that instinct, you would have gone there and not been. And don't get me wrong, man. I know tons of people that have gone and they were like, no, dude, it's the best time. Like, oh my God, it's so fun. And I'm like, I think I have too bad of a taste. Yeah, yeah. Be able to enjoy myself, like I would have to go into it with a work mentality. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. and think of it as just work and not, you know, like turn yourself on, turn yourself off, turn yourself on. Right, yourself off. right. Mm -hmm. And then, I, and then I don't have any fun, you know. Like right, I, right, right. Just don't I, you know? And I always feel like we always say when you know whether it's in a band with women or in a group of women or whatever, you're never fully relaxed, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, there's always a little something going on. Either someone's not supporting someone else or someone's right. digging always... or making fun of or, you know, something. And, you know, like, God knows I'm, I'm guilty of that, too. But I will tell you this. When we went on the Sweet Cruise, that was probably the best time I ever had barring the beginning the bad takeoff we had a little we had a little rocky start we, yeah we went through yeah. a hurricane we we literally sailed on a boat through a hurricane and that oh was, i remember you telling yeah, me that story. that was really bad but the rest of the time and after everybody's nerves and stomachs calmed down um you know that was where we first got to hang out with jill bennett and suzanne westenhofer who was oh, little, yeah. who I have to say was a little snotty back then. She's come around quite really? a bit. <laughs> yeah. She was a little bit full of herself with, with everyone <laughs> to be at that time. She was, you know, she was yeah, a, yeah. an icon. Totally mainstream. Yeah. 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 But, um, you know, we just, everybody that we had ever had on the show that we hadn't met, you know, that we had only interviewed on the phone or whatever, was on that boat <laughs> and we finally like got to put you know got to actually like hang out with them yeah it yeah was, it was such a good time like that was really a good time it's a, it's a shame that uh that that Shannon's not doing that anymore and I get why yeah uh, I always yeah. wanted to play like get, get on one of those and play on one of those sweet yeah well groups. there's Olivia you know you got don't there's Olivia yeah yeah you're a big dreamer. I'm sure you'll get your gig at, at uh, Olivia one of these days. Yes, tell me. I actually I reached out to them, but I haven't heard back. I don't. I don't know. They have a cruise. I think I have to see when it's coming up because a lot of them are in the leave, like you know, from Fort Lauderdale because they go to the Bahamas or I'm somewhere in the Caribbean. They've been going to really so, exotic locations though, haven't they? Yeah, some of the places are, and I I'd love to play on one. So I guess I just have to keep knocking on the door, you know. But, yeah, and they and um, they do a lot of different types of things. Like it, it's not so much cruises anymore. They're like resort vacations. 
Yes. You know, yes. You've got yourself the there, but we've taken mm-hmm. over the resort and we'll provide the mm-hmm. entertainment and a drinks package and all that kind of stuff and versions yep. or whatever. But yeah, maybe, um, you know, the cruise, you know, thing wasn't as lucrative, you know, and people couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They were expensive, but I think these resort things like Sandra Valls was talking about, you know, like those yeah, are she's, sweet gigs, you know, those are nice gigs. She's uh, involved in those. And mm-hmm. then she's playing in the, um, the national women's music festival, which uh, I also have. Movie. Yeah. I, and yeah. I also have, um, well, she played last year. She's probably playing this year. Not, I think last year, did they do it? They did. Um, the year before, because of COVID, they didn't do it. But, um, but, but uh, I submitted, but I haven't heard back from them yet. That's not till July, so mm. maybe they didn't make their their final cut yet. I think they said February was when they made their final decision. Okay. But That's you know good. me, I keep I keep trying. I love keep it. I love it. knocking <laughs> on the door. And, I love the energy uh, you put forth. The energy you put forth. <laughs> I just, I'm a more like, I'll sit back and wait, (laughs) you know, you're like, "Uh -uh, I'm going after it. I'm going after it. I'm texting this person. I'm emailing it. I'm like, I'll just wait and see what happens. (laughs) You know, that's what happens. I got like so spoiled. Everything, you know, I I do tend to um, forget how much work it was, you know, having the, the, yeah, yeah, and it was a lot of spinning wheels and it was hard and Graveling and backdoor deals and oh, all kinds yeah. of stuff like that, and um, you know, uh, a lot and of the rejection. You know, when you have rejection, to take rejection, rejection part. Yeah. Oh my god! The first two years, it was like, holy crap! Do we call our moms again? You know, like, <laughs> we didn't have any guests ever. So yeah, it was hard. But you, you know, yeah. I, I do. I always said consistency was the key. Um, and having a good rapport and having good intentions. Our intentions, yeah. just like yeah. what you do here, it's like, I think because I've had so many different projects from articles to columns to books to, you know, podcasts mm-hmm. that I've always needed support, you know, yeah. and I see how that feels. And I know yeah. it's to ask someone for a favor it sucks to ask somebody oh yeah oh it does oh man it's like I hate it um Mm -hmm. but I think because I know that feeling I want to welcome people to come and talk about projects now you know and try and get the word out totally totally the worst and like I told you I got it you know, I have a lot of friends on Facebook. Like, I'm not a bragger, but I got like 1,300 friends on my Facebook. <laughs> and of course, you only see 20, you know, whatever, but. Right, right, right. Because that's the way it is. But um, people, right. Yeah, but recently I, I belong to a, like a neighborhood Facebook group, like for here in my little village. Oh, thing. yeah. And someone had posted something a while back, like, Hi, I'm new to the area. I'm just getting settled. I'm a lesbian. Does anybody know if there's any other lesbians in the areas <laughs> or anything to do? Or and then all these people started like, you know, hey, hi, yeah, lesbian too. Hey, hi. and I'm like, where are they coming from? But anyways, like, Sue's, um, she friended me, and um, so we, you know, kind of been following each other loosely, like on Facebook or whatever. And I had put out a call on my personal Facebook page, 
that said, if you have an LGBTQI plus queer, whatever project <laughs> to please get in touch with us. We want to give it a spotlight. We want to shine a spotlight. Yeah. On it. If you know someone tag them in this DM me, you know, it's, it's whatever. And she, you know, kind of like sheepishly sent me a DM and said, I'm in a local production of nine to five. Does that count? Oh, <laughs> was, wow. Yeah, sure. Because, you know, like I said to you, there's an interesting conversation to be had when you're yes. an out and proud lesbian and you're working mm -hmm. in the theater where you think you'll be surrounded by queers. She's like, there's one other queer. Really? And everybody else is straight. I'm like, well, that's a conversation we need to have. Like, yes. what is, like being out, being proud, following your passion. You love what you do. And yet you got to make it work with the straighties. You know, yeah. like, does it work? Is that okay? Are you being accepted? Do you feel true. weird? Yeah, I got a lot of questions. So we'll have her on next week. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. I really am. Me too. There was um, a low, a few years ago before COVID, there was um, a production of a show, very uh, small theater, a local uh, community theater type thing called uh, I'm. I think it was called I'm Coming Out, like the song, you know, uh, Diana Ross, I'm Coming Out. And um, that was actually one of the songs, but it was really a cool premise for a play. And it was, it took place with, um, I think it was four scenes and each scene was a different decade of women's stories of coming out. And it was like what it was like in the twenties, what it was like, I think it might've started, it was the eighties, the 90s, the 80s went back, maybe started with the 50s. So it was like from the 50s, what it was like to come out in the 60s. What yeah, it was that's like. a really cool and, concept. And yeah. it was a cool idea. And they had the different music, you know, in each scene. It was like the skits of these like four or five decades of what it was like. And I thought that was a great premise for the show. That. As you're describing it, I'm like, wow, that sounds so, was that at Broward Center? It was, no, it was small. It was in a little theater that was across the street from, uh, I don't even know if it was quite a theater. It was like a community center that yeah. was across the street. I couldn't even tell you what street it was, but it was across the street from, from the mental hospital facility of like Jackson <laughs> Memorial Hospital. One of those big hospitals oh, yeah. okay. had a separate <laughs> annex of, and they were all, people were sitting outside and I was so nervous to go back to my car to put money in the meter so I, I, I'm out there looking over my shoulder, trying to put the money um, through on my card so I could just add the money from my yeah. phone and not go back out there until everyone was out there when the show was over. Right. But um, I, I thought it was a shame it was in that neighborhood because it was a little bit scary to go to, but yeah, yeah. people enjoyed it. And I really wish they could have like taken off with that because I think yeah. it was a great concept. It sounds and, uh, a, mix, a nice mix of music and history. Yes, it was all of those things. And I went there um, uh, by myself. I was going through my really? heartbreak period. And I was um, said, I'm just going out by myself tonight. It's a Saturday night. What's happening? I saw this play was happening. And I went alone and, you know, thought and it, maybe was Miami. Just go. it was in Miami. And it was like North Miami. Yeah. And I thought, no, my I'm God. That you're so brave. Like that's such a deterrent. I was brave, story. right? Yeah. Like, oh, is <laughs> it? It's south of Plantation. Not doing it. 
<laughs> this is me being the dreamer I am. And maybe I'll meet someone there. I'll probably sit next to the next soulmate of my life just because oh, that's the way it's going to happen. I love heads at all the time. <laughs> so I, I go there. Head. There was no one I knew. No one talked to me. I'm in Miami. I my, <laughs> I'm in Miami. I sat by myself. I'm hoping not to get killed by a psychiatric patient Maybe. across the street oh, watching yeah. me get out of my car alone. <laughs> There's, you know, it's funny because like when I in the 90s um I I did some I worked for Opus Theater for like I don't even know like five years six years like every year a whole season of shows I was either stage managing or stepping oh, into somebody or understudy yeah, yeah. like I was everything in the and then in the community theater months in the summer when theater was dark, the guy, he was such a cool old guy, man. He looked like Santa Claus, except he had like really thick gray hair, but a beard, <laughs> total hippie, always in shorts and flip-flops, always sitting up in the rafters, getting stoned. He was in his 70s, but he was really like, um, you know, like he knew what he wanted, you know, yeah, yeah, very, yeah. really, uh, he would pick the you know, pick the plays with uh, like real thought involved and how he knew his audience too. We're always going to be like the Jews, you know, that needed a night out. So you would invite the reporters from the Jewish newspapers and on opening night, you know, and shit like that. But um, a lot of, in my book, a lot of that theater experience is what I used um, in my stories because I was like yeah. so familiar with it. And it was such a good time. And I never was able to really capitalize on like the queer thing because I didn't even, you know, it was kind of had like one toe in the pool. I was like, well, maybe. Yeah, I'm yeah. <laughs> and then I got married to Chuck and 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 he loved it. Oh. Like he would supply the paint. He would help. <laughs> he would, you know, come to every show. Like he was so into it. He loved it. Um, but I couldn't, as my position at my day job was getting bigger and, and mm -hmm. more demanding. Like I just couldn't do it, but I, it was the best time. Like I just, I can walk into a theater and get that same feeling just walking in a theater. You oh, know? really? Yeah. Like, that's oh yes, it's a special. I love the theater. I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I think, you know, when you've, when you've worked in it, you know, when you've been backstage and you see sometimes the utter chaos that happens, like oh, I, yeah. up before they have to go on and oh, sewing their costume and somebody's costume rips or something. Yeah, I mean, it's like, oh God, the shit that went on. And they, especially when like for for me, I was like, why, why are we overthinking this? The people are like 80 that are in the audience, <laughs> you know? But I they were so into it. They were so involved. We did a production of um, uh, Camelot. Oh, it big! It was the big. That's ending. a lot of scenery. Yeah. I bet. Oh man! <laughs> and at the very end of Act One, when um, Arthur is standing there and he's giving this big speech because he knows that um, Guinevere is having an affair with Lancelot and he's really tormented about it, and it's <laughs> big, big moment you know it's him one spotlight the curtain you know yeah yeah um, yeah and uh the scenery has to roll behind him mm -hmm. oh and, um, <laughs> they forget to close the curtain <laughs> <laughs> well there was a lot going on and then he also has to uh knight 
Lancelot and then Guinevere does a bow, right? So these yeah. costumes they got from like Delphines in Fort Lauderdale, like they went all out. They were big, heavy, you know, period proper, you know, <laughs> costumes. So during the day, they still had children's theater. So there was like <laughs> shitty kids toys and shit in the wings and everything. And so when Guinevere came out, a tiny shoe a tiny kid shoe got stuck under her big, heavy, her big, <laughs> heavy gown. So she kneels before him and it's all quiet. And then she gets up and she walks away. But the shoe. Oh no. Is right on center stage in the spotlight. Oh well, God. Arthur, well, well, Arthur was making this big speech. And then of course it goes dark and the curtains come down. And that's the end of act one. Now I'm the stage manager. I got to go out there and get the fucking shoe. Right? And as I get it, this little old man comes up to me and he goes, excuse me, excuse me. I'm like, yeah. He goes, what is the significance of the shoe? What? God, you could have so told. Did you save it by coming up with some deep meaning for the shoe being there? Nothing. It's a, it's a mistake. Like what? I would have been like, oh, it means that she's walk. She's moving on. She's walking. Symbolic. Forward. Yeah, he's walk a mile yeah. in her shoe. Oh man, yeah. We had like more things go wrong. I mean, it, but it was always such a good time. It was always like a laugh. Like it was. I don't, I don't I know. Love, I, I never took it so serious, but I know that the audience always did, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the of theater, we are seeing a group of girls, of us women, are going on Sunday to see Tina, the musical about Ooh. Tina Turner's life. Remember when we had Deb Barsha on? Yep. That yep. was one of her first, uh, you know, um, she did the, the music. The, she was a, oh, right. The yes. Yeah. 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 We're gonna that's have, fantastic. Um, yeah. We're going to go see it at the Broward Center. That would so, be fantastic. Um, Seriously. That's another one of those. Look forward things. to that. Like we, we were talking about Barry Manilow and, um, you know, how I, my, my first Barry Manilow concert, <laughs> I have been to more than one. <laughs> You're a fan of I just sure. like I remember like Chuck bought the tickets for me because he knew I liked Barry Manlow. And we had just been to a wedding a couple of years before, and my friend Debbie got married. Crazy Debbie from Bianca's Kids. Yeah. Yeah. So she gets married, and her her and Michael's song was um a Barry Manilow song. And oh. yeah, it was oh, really, awesome. really cute. And so Chuck, I think, always remember that because I was always like, Oh my god, I love Barry Manilow. Mm. And so he bought tickets and we went, we don't know, I don't think we really knew what to expect. And yet we walked out of there. So he, I remember him saying, I feel so happy. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I never, I was like, that's good. Cause the last concert we went to was like uh, Frankie May and Gladys Knight and the Pips. And we were the only white people in there. I didn't <laughs> feel happy. I'm not feeling like I didn't even know why we were there, <laughs> but but yeah, when you left, we left the Barry Manilow concert. It was this, you just felt like joy. Cause you, you knew do. The song. he has the way. Yeah. The way he's so, he's just, a, he's such a showman. And, you know, like, you know, that it's all rehearsed to the T, you know, exactly. Exactly. Done this like a hundred thousand times, but it always feels like it's the first time, you know, and I think that's part mm -hmm. of a really good showman. He's so fantastic. 
And I yeah. just feel like that when I went to see Diana Ross, you know, I saw her so many times. And again, Sunrise Musical Theater in the mm -hmm. room, no bad seats. Yeah, no bad seats. Yeah. And you know, every song, every word, every song. Yeah. Yep. They're feeling really, really good. And I think that the same thing with Tina Turner, you could go to a Tina concert or, yeah. the, you know, like, the did you see Jersey the, Boys? The you went to, see, I'm sure you saw Jersey Boys, right? I did not, believe it or not. <laughs> I do not. I do not. <laughs> Joni saw it a couple of times. She took um, my sister, Nancy, who loved Jersey Boys. She wanted me to see the movie. I never even saw the movie, believe it or oh. not. I was not, I'm not a big, I love Frankie Valli's music, but I'm not a big Frankie Valli, like, fan, you know, but. I was not either. Like, I liked the music, but I was, my jaw hung open, you know, when I um, watched the story of how mm -hmm. it came about and, you know, all the bad things that happened along the way. Yeah. All the people. Yeah. 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 And I think you're going to probably find that in, uh, in the Tina Turner thing. Too. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I was surprised Carol King's story. Beautiful. I saw that twice at, at um, uh, Broward center, you know, many years in between. Yeah. Are they? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, that was like, I had no idea she had so much like turmoil in her marriage and what happened for, you know, and then the iconic uh, picture from Tapestry where she's sitting in the windowsill with the cat. That was, they referenced that in the movie where she moves to the city and she's like, I mean, moves from the city to uh, I guess Connecticut or wherever they moved to the country where they had this house. And she said, oh, there's a beautiful window seat, boat bay window and, and oh, the girls want a cat. You know, it was like, she talked about that in the show. And then that was that picture then that was in the, the, the album cover. The that album cover, album. yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was, when I was little, that was one of my favorite albums. Like I played it, you remember, remember you had oh, the yeah. big can headphones with the curly cable, <laughs> right, right. And I would sit there cross-legged reading that album and listen right? to it. The, the so notes. it. Like I wore it out. Like my parents I had to get another it. album. I wore the Wow. Yeah. I remember my sister had it, but you know, I didn't realize she wrote so many of those other songs earlier in her career for other people. Like she was really a songwriter first for many, yeah. many, many years. Yeah, same with Barry Manilow, like when he tells yeah. me and he does the jingles yeah. and all that, like, I don't, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you're just like, damn, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was yeah. like, wow. Yeah, I didn't realize. And she, um, when she did Tapestry, did you see the movie? Did you see the, no, any, did no, you see the play? Like, when want, she finally. I, I wanted to see the play. Um, yeah. But I, I didn't, just gonna say, I, I didn't trust it here. In London, yeah. <laughs> I if I don't see this in New York, you know, then I, I'll wait for the movie. <laughs> I wonder who I wonder who will play her because when, know, when she know. decided to do Tapestry, she up until that point had not done any of her own music, and she said, "Where well, I want," she had gotten you know divorced, and she was not in a great place, and then she's like. You know, like so many times art is born from pain and she's like, I need to, I want to do my, everybody was telling her, why don't you sing your songs? Yeah. yeah. And then she went to the country and wrote that album and then she made, and it became this big, huge hit. She did not expect 
that. That was really just something she did cathartically yeah. and, you know, didn't expect to have that happen. And that's what she's known for now. I mean, it's just funny. So many years later, I never knew. You, it's one song after another. I'm like, she wrote Up on the Roof. Yeah. Never knew she wrote that song. You know, like, it's just I didn't, I, the, the The Gilmore Girls song. Like she sang, you know, yeah. like the opening theme to the Gilmore Girls is like, it's uh, just, oh my God, that's Carol King. And she's in it. Like, I love that yeah. she, she plays the oh. record store owner in it. So that's cool. But, I didn't um, know that. I didn't want yeah, to. Yeah, no, I love, I do. I really, really, really love her. But it, it does seem like, like a lot of strife and chaos and pain and everything out. Like there's a, a, a channel over here called Sky Arts. Mm -hmm. and, um every once in a while there'll be like a really good series like there was one called music icons or album album icons or something iconic albums something like that but it would um take you in the studio with the artist and they would talk about every song on mm -hmm. that album like I watched the one with uh, Meatloaf I watched one with Mick Fleetwood I oh. And they really get into like what, you know, like they move the things and show how like maybe it sounded at first before they decided to do this and that. And, yeah, yeah. You know, changing yeah. The, the songs and, and everything. And it was really, really good. Like it, it gives you like a lot of insight. But yeah, you never really hear anybody say, God, it was just peaceful out there in the studio. <laughs> you don't. That is true. Peaceful. We ordered food in, we had blankets. And it was so much fun. And we had such a great time. You're right. There's always some story of catastrophe or something went wrong. A little bit of a headbutting yeah. and contempt. And yeah, like I was watching the <laughs> Janet Jackson documentary and her and like um, Babyface and L.A. Reid, like they all came to blows like over a lot of stuff um, when they, mm -hmm. they were producing. I don't, I don't think it was Rhythm Nation. I think it was the next one, whatever the next one mm -hmm. was. But um, yeah, like you just, you, you, you know, I don't know. It's like sometimes I don't really want to hear that. <laughs> I just you know, it's a pleasant you experience, you know. The but I can tell you it happens on this level, on, on this low level of the food chain of the music business. It happens let me ask you this. Does it happen because you feel like it's supposed to happen? <laughs> or is there, is there a legitimate reason? Like, oh, do you feel no. like ready to say, like, I'm going to have to fight to get my opinion to be heard, you know, like if this is yeah. not done a certain way, like, do you go in with that mindset or do you go, let's see how this goes? And <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you, it's a little of both. It depends on who I'm working with and where I am. Oh, like true, being yeah. the dreamer I am, I do expect it to go. This is going to be great. This is going to be fun. <laughs> of course you um, do. Of course, listen to who you're talking to. However, it depends because going like when I would go to Nashville and I did a lot of my record, all of my recording in Nashville, I am, you know, the earlier albums, I would get, I would be so excited to go. And then when you get there, it's almost like it's daunting of how everyone is going for the same brass ring. And there's only a few of them, you know, so every waiter, every bartender, every person working in service there is a musician. Was. Yeah, every, with the acting. Like every single person we've spoken to, yeah. nobody goes. I work in a bank, right? No, nobody, nobody goes. Like, no, right? nobody's in the business. Or you're trying. 
right? Yeah, so yeah. all of a sudden you feel like this tiny and like there's all of these people going for the same thing. And then one night we were watching um, the country music awards because I happened to be there that during that time. And we were in B.B. King's restaurant downtown on the river, downtown on Broadway in Nashville. And they weren't that far away at the Grand Old Opry or doing this. And, and I, the new one, not the old one, not the Ryman. Yeah. And so I was like, I might as well be, it might as well be on the moon. It's so far to get to where they are, even yeah. though here we are a few miles away, might as well be trying to get to the moon to get on that stage. But, you know, but that's the part about going there and having it be kind of daunting and feeling super tiny. So you have to get past that. That's like me, you know, because I remember when we were checking in the hotel, our bellman said, oh, you should come downtown and see me tonight. I'm playing in, you know, honky tonks. And I'm like, oh, well, we'll go check it out. We're going downtown. He was so good. He was like George Strait reincarnate. And I'm oh, like, man, and here I'm like bellman. my yeah. bellman, that's my bellman. You know, but he could be George Strait not reincarnate because he's still alive but like you know like cloned and and he's the bellman so it's like it could be very diminishing but then at the same time it's exciting because you feel that excitement so you go into the studio and you want to have yeah all great stuff happen so you you try not to put I think for so many years I put the as as surprising as this might as this might be the reality of what the business is and the yeah. chances of actually making it. You just put that so far out of your mind that you walk in that studio, think you're making, thinking you're making the next Grammy, the, the next yeah. big Grammy winner. You know, yeah, even yeah. if you really stop to think about the truth of the matter, the chances are you might as well get a lottery ticket and think, and that's better odds yeah. of going down to the 7-Eleven, you know, but you know, but you do it because it's a passion. Yeah. And, and on a local level, now just to be saying, I'm getting ready to play a show, I'm getting ready to play a festival. That's always so hard, especially in Florida, because we don't have enough committed musicians that are good and like, and committed to their craft down here. People yeah. are, I hate to say it, but there's yeah. a lot of hacks. There's so many hacks and they yeah. think they're good. And they don't listen to the material and they don't learn what they have to do. I went through that when I did my show for the Arts Garage that was so super yeah, important to me. No, and it, always, for you. it always <laughs> takes me having a freaking meltdown and down to the wire before anyone listens to me to listen to the music. And it just happened again. I won't name names, but the bass player and the drummer two two rehearsals we only had a chance to have they had the music for for the like four weeks they had the the set list the song list the music yeah. and when we get to the rehearsal they the bass player asks me if poor me which is a trick pony cover song was one of my originals and i'm like have you listened to these songs? Because, like, if you listen to the song, you know it's not my original. It's not me singing. It's it's a you know it's a famous. I wish it was mine, but it's not. <laughs> but you know, it was just crazy. And clearly, like, fifth, like a half an hour through that rehearsal, I knew I was in trouble, and I had to just quickly the next day. Uh, thank God, I was able to get two guys I worked I worked with 
for years. Randy Ridenour, Keith's brother, he's an amazing drummer. And Joey Ojeda, they were in my band years ago. I called them up. By the grace of God, they were free and available. So to answer your question is, I think those things really, truly just always happen, no matter what level of the food chain you're on in the business. It just, it's people, it's egos, it's personalities. It's a lot, you know, like all stuffed into a little room, isn't everything, it? Everything, yeah, everything. Mm -hmm. And it's because it's your passion, as you probably saw with all the people in the theater, you know, people are, they have uh, definite opinions and kind of egos and, um, What's the yeah. other word I'm looking for? But like that, like like egos, yeah. and they have um, certain things they want yeah, to be they there. Yeah, they do a little like they they. Um, I think like theater people feel like um, there's this uh, entitlement, like if they've done more, you know, like yes. this leading oh, yeah. guy mm -hmm. has done more theater mm -hmm. work than this leading mm -hmm. girl. Like I'll never forget, we did a musical called Bells Are Ringing, and I still love. It was a movie with mm -hmm. holiday and um i think dean martin was in it um but i just loved every single song in this musical and the woman that was playing was an accountant and she just happened to be a really good singer <laughs> her friend was in the chorus or whatever and and made her audition and she got the part so there was a little work that had to be done, you know? Yeah, yeah. The guy that was the lead, of course, he had done a million productions and he was so awful to this poor woman, you know? Like, I, oh, I, just, God. I was like, yeah. oh, God, this is going to suck, you know? But man, like, it, we pulled it off, but I, I saw it really clearly that there was, yeah. you know, there was definitely a, a power dynamic to fund mm -hmm. the most productions, you know? So yeah, it was definitely hard to see when you're like the stage manager, you really can't say anything. I see you, buddy. <laughs> There's a pecking order for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's the worst. It's the yeah. Worst, you know, I think like <laughs> when you get involved in a project, if everybody's kind of like on the same level, you're going to, more is going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, like mm -hmm. more like that. This is you know, there's like, like, I love working with Linda Anderson on these cartoon things because yeah, the yeah. questions, she can answer them just like that. You know, yeah, can yeah. You this, can you do that? Can you, she was like, well, I can, but here's how long it's going to take. And this is right. going to go into it. But if we did it this way, I yeah, out quicker and you, you know, so it's great having someone that knows, you know, like for me, I can just verbalize what I want. So I'm like the creator mm -hmm. and she can say, yeah, we can make that happen, you know? It's a it's a really really good feeling. Like I I like that kind of energy going into something. Oh yeah, I yeah. love the way. That I remember having that conversation with you in October, where you said, "I'm just going to do solo stuff from now on." <laughs> oh God, and here I am again telling you what's happening with the because sometimes you want to do a festival, you want to do that. You know, my problem is I don't work those enough to keep the same people together and the same band. But uh, now Pride Fest. I'm happy to do it with a band because I love doing things like that with a band instead of solo because you get up there just you and your guitar and you're just getting on after, you know, a drag queen sang with with tracks and it's a big yeah. sound or yeah, a band sound. more attention with a band, don't you? You do. Yeah. But I said, but I am going to do more. I am going to focus more on solo so I could travel. So I could go somewhere and play there and just play solo and not have to worry about other people because it was just really, really difficult. It was a difficult um, 
Uh, and it, it could have been better. That's the thing. You try to be a perfectionist and you can't really. And everybody's got iPhones now or phones, I should say, they're not all iPhones, but that they're recording with. So it's not like it used to be. If you didn't hit a note or something, it was gone. It was yeah. happened and it was gone. Yeah. Now, now it lives like in infamy, right. It. So, you know, there's that too. And um, so there's a lot more pressure, but I'm probably still going to always do both. But I just think that I'm going to probably, I even like, I enjoy doing the women on the net thing on Friday, last Friday. Um, I did an, a women on the net, um, was like a half an hour, it was like maybe like 40 minutes of music and then 20 minutes of a Q&A. That was so much fun. I met, yeah. there were women from everywhere. Someone was, was from DC, someone was from Hudson Valley, New York, someone was from LA, like there were, and there were like three pages so to speak like to scroll of women that showed up for this in the in the queue and it was really nice in the gallery you know like I pressed gallery I was able to see everyone because it's through zoom right and it was it was fun that was fun too being in my living room doing it so I think as long as you're reaching people in some way yeah it's exactly. fun you know that's, but, yeah that's what it is like I I I always have to remind myself like I was just doing it today like to not worry about numbers, you know, and yeah, uh, yeah, you know, I will it's hard not to post those couple of cartoons um, about the, <laughs> the trouble I got into at work. And it was like, it, it's a three parter, you know, like you can't just hear the first story, right? I gotta listen to all, yeah, to all of them. But I kept going to the numbers to see like, were they getting even numbers or the same people that, yeah, were, you know, no. You know, because yeah, they're not getting it. They have to keep listening. I saw you putting. You have to listen. I saw you put that. Yeah, to all yeah. Three. But um, yeah. So the first one and the third one got like thousands. You know, yeah, yeah. The second one got like hundreds, and I'm like, <laughs> how is this making sense? So whatever. I love the way the mouths move on the little cartoons on yeah. the on the. It's just so cute. Like you know, you we love the different uh thing. We we don't have any say. In what Linda puts on the desk in front of us. Yeah. Oh, always. Oh, oh, I have to notice that. Are there different things on the desk? Oh, I'm really sex toy <laughs> times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it'll I'd be like, oh, those, oh those be, I know we're talking so about cute. anal beads, but you really put a box with anal beads on the desk. Oh, I love that. So funny. She's got to put the thing with the time when you guys had the poise pad with the ice cube and you were the whole sh I was on the show. I was in the studio that time. And oh, to yeah, see yeah. which ones like held the through, by the end of the held show, the which yeah. ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because we need to know those things because we would go through. Or, I couldn't believe we never got a brand you know, like a, a, a promotion <laughs> thing for that. Because we talked about pissing ourselves so much and like, being padded up. Like we would we would show up and like, <laughs> when we would go to these things, we would show up and we would literally have like a, a huge package of poise pads and a holy suitcase. And Deb would have the merchandise, you know, to be carrying the big boxes of merchandise, but we would oh have our pads God. and our holy suitcase. But yeah. Um, you got to tell her she's got to do that on one of the shows and see who notices. <laughs> oh, man. I If I could find the show, the audio. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah I, you know, like I, when you do the math, we were doing shows for, and I've really focused from 2007 to 2009, but we did a show 
every week of the year, you know, so that's, you know, for those three years, yeah, yeah. about like 156 shows that I have to go through. Wow. You know, like, is that all it was three years that you did the show? It no, no, like no. Was... For these cartoons. Oh, oh for the audio. Okay. Because the, the audio show. was so good when we were in the studio and we had. Oh, the, yeah, the audio, yeah. The audio is really good. And then um, when I moved, so like 2010, 2011 is when the audio got really, really bad. It's really hard to use, you know, like, yeah, like that I stuff see. because our timing was off too. Um, but yeah, so I'm trying to focus on like our, our, our highlight years, like 2007, 2008, 2009 and pick yeah. really funny bits. Um, but yeah, even some of the stuff from 2006, cause that we all know it was actually 2007. I got 2006 was our first ever girls at gay day. Oh, oh. Yeah. And I think, you know, that was like between, like I said, 2006, seven, eight, nine, those were like, we were working constantly, like not only were yeah. we doing podcasts, but we were doing women fest every year, pride festivals. We were doing space coast pride, Daytona pride, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. you know, like it was just a lot of stuff. So every time we would get back into the studio, after mm -hmm. have so much to talk about right Those yeah funny shit because then we would like the people that we had met we would say like call in wednesday night you know here's the number yeah yeah people. yeah people but yeah like i i feel like we should um we should do a little of that same thing at um palm beach pride <laughs> yeah we should they yeah. yeah i didn't talk to him yet this week it's Wednesday. Maybe tomorrow I'll give him a call because he had meetings and stuff to to find out about us doing this. That you know at Pride. That yeah, would be I great. think we should do. Totally we do should, it. We should get some Zoom footage. We should yeah. uh, get people like on there. <laughs> yeah, we should. Yeah, definitely. We should definitely. line up guests. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, I'll get on that. I'll I'll talk to him. He didn't have. A whole lot of details because he didn't have them yet. They had only detail he needs to know is whether we they, we have Wi-Fi. <laughs> yes, we need that detail, right? <laughs> All right, listen, I'm gonna let you go because I think my boy needs some food. Okay. You hear him meowing there in the hallway. Aww. <laughs> Sitting there looking at me like <laughs> I don't normally have to put on this much of a show to get food. <laughs> <laughs> He just well, he's feeling know. better. That's good. Maybe he's feeling better. Yeah, he definitely is because there was a day or two where he didn't eat anything and it was making me nervous. Aww. Yeah, he's back. And you know, it didn't dawn on me too. He my he's been on steroids for two years. Oh. Uh, and um, so we've successfully weaned him off the steroid because we didn't that it was doing anything. Mm -hmm. But the way he's been not being on anything. Yeah, you think maybe the steroid was helping a little bit, you know? Because, right, you didn't. You think it's not, yeah. Right, because he was still licking. It just, he was obsessive, you know. These past two three days, uh, he's not been on anything, but the cream is really helping. And when he starts his new stuff, hopefully he'll be good as new. And the weather, yeah. You know, like I'm gonna start opening windows as soon as it uh, gets in that you know, that zone where, oh, it's, you know, let's air the house out, you know, let's yeah, think yeah. out, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's my goal. <laughs> Those are my goals. <laughs> All right, listen, um, uh, give my love to everybody over there and I will, will too. Um, see you next week.
All right. Next week we have a get our good guests and yeah, we uh, have a little we have a local lesbian that's going to be. I'm looking forward to that. Nine to five, right here in Surrey. <laughs> yes. All right. Okay. Bye. 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 Why do you always run back to the lover you once knew? You're addicted to a touch. Like never touching from your dreams. And I confess, my addiction is you. Consumes me in a shameful kind